Welcome to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Ryan, I know you love me because you're always watching me. Matt, drone bomb me. Blow <laughs> me from the mountains and into the sea. Uh, we are talking about the uh, recent album Hopelessness by uh, an artist called uh, Anony. Um, I think that's I think that's how you say it. We want to pronounce it correctly. Um, I nearly said Anony, but I think Anony. Uh, this uh, she is a, uh, a trans woman who was uh, previously was um, Antony from Antony and the Johnsons, uh, and is an English uh, uh, English born singer uh, who has has released an album of. Um, Sort of eco-feminist electronic protest music, EPM, uh, mm-hmm. electronic protest music. Uh, that is that I, uh, just I, everyone should listen to it. I went on such an interesting journey with this album that I'm, that I am, uh, interested in, in talking about. Uh, the first time I heard it, I thought it was a joke. Right. I thought because I'm just I'm I'm not used to sincerity on uh I'm not used to sincerity from my from my indie pop, you know? Uh I'm not used to someone actually sort of saying what they mean um in a in a straightforward and sincere way. That doesn't mean it's non-ironic, right? Right. Right. I was just going to say cuz there is irony, but it's serious irony. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> well, it's right. Yeah, and well, yeah, we should talk about exactly how that exactly how that functions even if it is a little bit like college literature classy like definition of irony because irony doesn't mean being a sarcastic dipshit, you know? That's that's like that's that's, that's called Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you want to destroy my ecosystem, uh, drop this drone bomb as I walk away. Uh, watch, watch the uh, you know, watch the climate uh, change and the temperatures increase. I'll soon be naked, lying on the floor. Um, you know, the victim of of your drone bomb. You know what? Just go listen to this to this uh, uh, to this record. Hopelessness. It is all uh, all uppercase. Uh, you can find it on uh, all the streaming services. It's about forty one minutes long, so it's it's LP length. And this is to me a good uh, a good length for an album. I listened to this. I took a walk around the neighborhood and it was a good like brisk evening walk length to uh to listen to a whole album. I like that there can be kind of a whole coherent statement without a lot of of filler. Maybe maybe one or two tracks uh, toward the end, but but without a lot of filler that there can be a uh, a coherent statement. Um it's well composed, right? It is just well sequenced and put together. I mean, this, I mean, this really feels like an album. Um, and, 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 you know, we've talked about uh, in this stretch and in other stretches, the variations in albumness and, and kind of length and, and composition and, and, and what they're accompanied with. But this feels kind of classically albumy um, and is just very well sequenced um, and kind of every, the songs kind of fit together, but also um, kind of have their own textures um, and feels in, in ways that we'll probably just get into. Yeah, that's a neat trick. That's a that's a neat accomplishment. Is the the sort of the balance between uh, uh, v- between variety uh, and kind of hanging together, right, and cohesiveness mm-hmm. uh, that this manages to that this manages to uh, to accomplish. As though like it's one sort of it's one landscape, but kind of different features on the landscape, or it's one house. You know, it's one piece of architecture, but like different rooms in in uh, within that like single interior volume anyway uh you go listen to it for your for yourself uh, uh spoiler alert it is not a joke <laughs> and uh uh give it a couple spins and uh put us on pause while you listen meet us back here after you've listened and after these words from our commercial sponsor boy i would give anything for a drone yeah me too they seem so neat I know, but all I see are these stars, right? I th- all I see up in the sky are stars, but I just want drones. I want stars that I can c- could control. If only there is somebody uh, out there who could sell me drones, not stars. Oh, man. I'll bet there is a guy. 
Really? Yeah. But where? Well, where could he be? Well, I mean, I just need I I need a drone for for spying on enemies or for protection, mostly for protection, like a like a benevolent sky daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the most benevolent sky daddy of them all is Crazy Larry at Crazy Larry's house of drones, 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 drones. drones. You can get all your drones for spying, for attacking your political enemies, for carrying out the foreign policy of the United States covertly. Wow. Thanks, Larry and Obama. (laughs) It's not Larry. It's Crazy Larry at Crazy Larry's House of Drones. And we're back. Matt, I think I have a question for you. Oh, good. I, I was leaving it. I mean, I was leaving it open. Um, my, mine was going to be some variation of like, is this shit for real? I was going to sort of talk about the kind of irony angle, but I think we kind mm. of, I think mm. I already took a position on that and we'll cash that out later. But what is, what is your question? Well, I think that uh, this is a, a different angle of that because there's another kind of uh, irony here that you also, um, we did a much, I think, inspired by uh, uh, Anony's uh, seriousness. We we are also approaching this uh, project with a new with a new level of seriousness and clarity. Uh, in some way, we, we may have entered a post troll era. Um, because well, yeah, the, it's something that happens with you and me, though. Sometimes, like sometimes, the record is just so good, and like and and it's not just good because like I I have no problem, uh, you know, flinging poo like a monkey at um, uh, you know, at sort of stuff that's very sincere, politically sincere, but is all music right <laughs> like that you know just f that i i have no i have no time for that but when you get to like kendrick lamar you know mm-hmm. or or something of that level of quality and that level of political seriousness there is a kind of reverential quality that creeps mm-hmm. into into our discussion and i think it's because we like actually sincerely admire the accomplishment yeah. of yeah. of things like that that managed to be uh, uh both beautiful and useful right that managed to be sort of both both uh politically not exactly woke. I've actually started her hearing "woke" used as an adjective. Yeah, just ironically, right? or no. not as an as a uh, pejorative. I mean, not, it is an adjective, but used as a pejorative, like uh, uh, to put people down. Um, uh, but uh, but um, you know that that oh, is. So we're of, already in a post consciousness era. <laughs> like <laughs> we're in a post we're in a post woke era. We're in a, a, a slept era. You know. Uh, I guess that's all there is, is sleeping and woking, right? Like <laughs> that, that is politically engaged, uh, let's say, in a compelling way, and is also just great music. And this is this is definitely that. Like I I have well, okay, I, I have a lot to say, but I don't wanna I don't wanna steal your thunder. So so I, Ryan, I, my, I, I well, wait my, yeah. My my question is, and, and this I think is another side of the for realness, but kind of comes at it from the musical side, um, and it's something that we also alluded to in the opening, is that you know, this hopelessness, um, with its its varied electronic textures, its big beats, its occasional trumpets, uh, is this is this dance music? Is this electronic dance music? Yeah, yeah I was thinking I mean, I was thinking about that. Like one of the biggest uh the biggest ironies on the record is the kind of the the epic quality of of the sound right and it's it's um it's actually once you kind of understand the formula it's not it's not that hard to understand uh, but it's so effective and it's very well executed well you yeah. know it's it's great but but like um Anony has has a, a really great voice, a like uh, and and a great range. Like being a trans woman has um, still has like a low register that is uh, sort of very powerful. This kind of very powerful droney growl that is deployed on uh, uh, the Obama song to great effect, um, and. Uh, and so, but but they st- they tend to stay. There's kind of one vocal register, so that stakes out one area. There's a bass, and then there's either a high mid or a low mid to contrast with the the vocal register. Uh, and then there's uh, kind of a high thing, whether it's like bells or trumpets or some kind of like synth hits or something like that. Uh, and and beats. And um, it's this super winning formula because it is it's very sparse, uh, but mm-hmm. it's a wall of sound, you know. Because because it kind of occupies every 
it occupies every register and it's and it's this sort of full orchestration the other the other aspect of it that gives it that kind of epic character that sort of sweep or like cinematic grandeur is the there's a kind of insistence of the rhythm sometimes very yeah. straightforward and sometimes syncopated but um but always kind of driving always like it, always insisting that it that it move forward always kind of tumbling uh tumbling on and that like and and that dynamic contrasted with with the kind of the the sincere the very straightforward um a political content of the lyrics talking about like not talking about you know not talking about things in a metaphorical way. This isn't like they paved paradise and put up a parking lot or something like that. Right, that's, you right. know, that's, uh, it doesn't have whimsy. It doesn't have a lot of metaphor, uh, uh, right? Like as at a high level, yes. as a kind of governing thing. Um, it's talking about, it's talking about the thing it's talking about in, uh, it's talking about the thing it's talking about in a straightforward way. And, and the way it becomes artistic, uh, given that, is, is interesting. Because the way it becomes artistic is through form and patterning. Um, mm-hmm. g- rather than, like, uh, because um, my, uh, my um, uh, literature teacher, John Hollander, who I bring up from time to time, uh, wrote something uh wrote something once about about the kind of the vulgar confessional poetry of the 20th century which he did did not like um because he thought it was insufficiently imaginative uh he he said something uh that is very provocative and has stayed with me ever since he said poetry is not journal and poetry is not journalism right that there has to be a, a sort of aspect of transforming the material uh in order to make something uh in order to kind of uh, t- uh, take that leap from being kind of reportage to being art right and that um and here it's done it's done through repetition a lot of the time like the main uh the main literary figure is repetition right protecting me from mm. evil protecting me from terrorism protecting me mm. from child molester and so all of these things when they're put into this catalog that has a kind of rhythm element and has a uh, like a sequencing to it that becomes that uh, through the like the repetition with a slight difference the sequencing really jumps out to the fore that's that's the our artful um, that's really interesting I, I, I want to kind of call out because um, it's, it's it's obviously on the mind because it's something that we um, uh, spend a lot of time engaging with when we were uh, uh, when we had our TFT on site uh, uh, last week um, uh, uh, aka you stay on my daybed um like that we one thing that we did together was watch um the better part of season three of Stuart lee's uh comedy vehicle um the the british show and and Stuart lee is another artist whose kind of main tool or artistic tool is repetition right there, I mean, there are several others um that that Stuart lee de- deploys but it strikes me in kind of uh, calling out repetition as one of these kind of key um uh, uh tools I, I actually see um a cool uh, a really cool parallel to some of the most effective and interesting Stuart Lee bits. And if, if you're a listener and have n- are not familiar with Stuart Lee, um, check out the season three is uh, series three, I guess, as you would see, uh, call it, uh, as it's a British se- uh, season, uh, is on Netflix. Um, and, and I think that there's some really interesting um, parallels. There's also important differences. Um, but I mean, I guess, what is it about repetition, right? How does repetition work? Um, because like you you would think that like you know it's just the same thing over and over again right and so how does one get meaning through repetition um either in the case of anony uh or in the case of of Stuart lee's um kind of comedy well there there are a couple i mean so there there are a couple of things right like one is uh by analogy to other things like the the Stuart lee uh bit and and Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, the Stuart Lee technique sometimes in those kind of alienating moments is to take something that has the shape of the joke, uh, that has uh, the shape of a joke and kind of repeat it enough times uh, that you're forced to examine why you ever thought it was funny in the first place. Right. Right. And that's right. and that's something akin to something akin to what's going on here. Um, like mm. the, a lot of these things take mm. uh, take. 
the form of an R&B lyric and, and just kind of repeat it enough times that you sort of wonder what was sexy about it in the first place, right? And it's part of the, the, the political project of this uh, album is, is multidimensional, right? It, it operates in a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, in a lot of sort of political, geopolitical, ecological, uh, gender oriented, um, spheres, right? Like, well, and then once, and once it is, I mean, in kind of, um, shout, shout, shout outs as always to always already, right? Once you are kind of, once it is multidimensional, then at a meta level, it is, that's as political as you get, right? Like going back to last week's episode, uh, on our, our twofer on, um, Marcusa, that just the ability to be multidimensional is a political kind of triumph or is, is an act of, uh, attempted kind of transcendence and, and of resistance, right? Yeah. Um, and so in addition to that, like there are kind of these multiple political dimensions, the ability to have those dimensions, um, is itself, um, or, and, or attempt to have them, um, is, it really fights against a, a very prevalent status quo, right? That, that is what we kind of discussed, uh, in, in our Marcusa episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Marcusa is, is really on point, uh, for this because Marcusa is about a, a sort of hege, like a colonial discourse, right? A, yep. a sort of non-dialectical hegemonic discourse that sort of infects uh, that sort of infects everything, and and that's the other thing that like Ananid sort of makes you makes you confront through the repetition, right? Protecting me from evil, protecting yep. me from terrorism, protecting me from child mo- like in that insistence, uh, you're forced to sort of examine wait whether those things are actually true and why yeah. if they're not true, why the sort of dominant discourse would would uh make those claims um so insistently so that's okay so that's one it's by it's by sort of analogy to other things and kind of forcing you to examine your your uh assumptions about other things in, uh, yeah in in order to uh, uh through the repetition i have a, I have a couple more but let's yeah. cash this out first yeah i, ju- I just want to say that I, I agree that like um i think that uh on uh watch me was definitely one where i saw that and four degrees is another one um and those are two where there is a a, the, the, there is repetition is combined with irony, right? Where the, these the things that are stated are, you know, that I want them. Yeah. Right. Of I want to be watched. Right. Like, and you know, watch me, protect me. Um, in 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 watch me. Uh, in four degrees. Right. It, the the repeated figure is it's only four degrees. It's only four degrees. Right. About um uh climate change. Right. It has this. It, there's a, a sense in which the the kind of ironic tone is in that way similar to um like uh, the other kind of political band um that, I, that comes to the top of mind that used this a lot is the Dead Kennedys. Right. The 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 kind of California Uberalis. Uh, kill the poor right um and and all of you know that jello biafra's general mode is this kind of staking out of a kind of elite kind of right-leaning uh view and and this is a little different right this is a little this is more that uh, and this kind of gets back to what you were saying is that in in contrast to Stuart Lee, whose repetition is the repetition of something that has the form of a joke but not the meaning of it, this has the form of this has the form of discourse, right? It has it has two things, right? It has the form of discourse uh, in in the speech patterns, and it has the form. Of, uh, of like you say R&B lyrics in the way it's sung and it's constructed um, and so that it's by by putting those together and repeating it um, it like it, it, that then makes it strange right that that it's like this weird it's a it's the R. Kelly of the everyday right and um, and, and I, I say that right because it, like the, there is a tremendous amount of um, uh, repetition in a lot of R, um, R&B songs especially R. Kelly who actually operates in a much more metaphorical place right that um I mean, ignition, not the remix, but the original ignition, um, which is on the mind because I, uh, I, I recently trolled a karaoke, uh, outing by doing not the remix to ignition first, uh, which is everyone was, but deliberately and forcefully doing the, the premix to ignition, uh, ignition prime. Um, and, and which is just a long list of these weird, bizarre, um, automotive metaphors for sex, right? And, and there's a lot of these in our Kelly girl, songs. Girl, do you know how to drive a stick? 
Right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that's the most one of the more like not appropriate ones, but ones that makes that one makes more sense. Right. There's a lot of non- <laughs> nonsensical ones. Um, and that also has this, a, a, a different kind of alienating effect. Um, but R. Kelly does this a lot. I think there's another one later that's about the kitchen and there's all these food metaphors. <laughs> um, and even, you know, in other places, there's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind um, has some of these characteristics of, of repetition or, or looking at these different angles. So th- but this has some of those forms um but with things that are kind of like things that appear to be everyday non-political statements and so by by repeating them um in the in this form then it kind of it it starts to pull back the curtain on on the the on the way in which it is a hegemonic discourse yeah right um and and that is uh extraordinarily cool (laughs) um and and like you say that that it's very um that and and again it's it's the way that it works is subtle um but once you kind of see it um you get it and so it's not just that it's irony and not just that it's um repetition but it's it's there's several of these things um at at once yeah uh, the the other two things that I was going to bring up with respect to, to repetition before I move on is that repetition makes you experience duration, right? In that in that sense, it's like a moving shot, like a tracking shot or some kind of camera move in film. In that it makes you experience like a beginning, uh, a duration period, and an end period to uh, to the. Um, uh, to the period of of the repetition and uh, and then also like uh, it it opens the door for repetition with a difference and when the difference happens like you're you have to sort of uh, cope with why uh, what the difference what the difference is but let's I mean let's talk about drum well, I, I just, yeah. well I just want to talk about that because I think that is coping with that uh, difference is interesting because that is an interesting kind of uh, empowerment of the listener, right? Once you are recognizing a contradiction and, and working to, to understand that and, and not necessarily resolve that. I think there's a tendency to resolve, but uh, it just kind of make meaning in that, that again, we, we talked a bit um, in our Radiohead Marcuse episode about um, the, the potential for transcendence happens in introducing uh, alternative systems of meaning, right? And so that the, this kind of thing where there is, there is some kind of a gap in there, or there's some kind of work that you have to do yourself, um, it opens the space for empowerment, right? Well, yeah. Um, so, so actually where I wanted to go is right on point with what you're saying. The, the, um, drone bomb me is an, it is an interesting, is an interesting track. And like, so my, my experience with this record is at first I thought it was a joke. Then I thought it was a real downer. And then I really started to get into it uh, and and really sort of uh, started to be very jazzed by by what I was hearing and 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 uh, admiring what was uh, admiring what was going on. I mean, I, I thought it was a joke because I thought it was more metaphorical than it was. And let me let me give an example of um, of this and how the kind of the uh, 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 how how this works in in drone bomb me. Right. Um, you can, you can like, there's a whole genre of lyrics that, uh, and, you know, R&B, pop music, you know, um, uh, that are like X me lyrics, mm-hmm. right? Like verb mm-hmm. me, uh, hit me baby one more time. Love me, love me, say that you love me. And on a, you know what I mean? And a, rescue me, take me in your arms, rescue me. I want your tender terms and, and on and on and on. Um, and I think the temptation, mm-hmm. The temptation here is to think that this is a song that's like that and that Drone Bomb Me stands in for some sort of cathartic, personal or romantic apotheosis, right? Like Drone Bomb Me With Your Love, right? Drone, drone Bomb Me With Attention and Affection, you know? Uh, that, that like, I, I want to be, I want myself, my individual self to be blown up and to be part of a couple for forever, right? Uh, and that, that I want to die is like, I want to experience apotheosis and also the kind of the very old school pun on, on die and sexual climax, uh, that the, um, you know that that it's right, a metaphor. That, it's the little drone bomb, right, and <laughs> leading to the little death, right? right? Exactly in the little war uh, of all the sexes against all the sexes. But the, um, uh, you know, but then then I think you go through this song, and it's it, it maybe depends on what. Uh, 
maybe it depends for different people, different parts of it will wake them up to it. Uh, they will be woke, <laughs> but, um, the, you, you realize that it's actually literal. It's actually non metaphorical, right? And the, the, um, the uh and and this is interesting right like cuz in in marcusa in in one of the bits of marcusa that we read uh one of the excerpts was about how poetic language is metaphorical and allusive and um and creates transcendence in that way whereas the kind of the positivist analytic philosophers want to kind of flatten all language to its uh its sort of um propositional content it's like bare propositional content uh and that like um the the metaphoric is is here now when you the the if you kind of dig into it uh you get the the um statement from from the artist and this is what uh Anani said about about drone bomb me i'm i'm quoting now from the genius is a genius uh to use her words quote it is a love song from the perspective of a girl in afghanistan say a nine-year-old girl whose family has been killed by a drone bomb she's kind of looking up at the sky and she's gotten herself to a place where she wants to be killed by a drone bomb too end quote so the the song is literal right it's actually the the kind of the transcendence happens not in the move from the bare the bare uh merely propositional to the uh to the metaphorical and um suggestive but rather in the the flattening of the metaphorical and suggestive to the merely literal, literally drone bomb me, literally blow me up, literally blow my head off because I want to die because your, uh, your warfare has killed my family. Now I'm alone and I'm in despair and I don't want to, uh, and I, I don't want to continue continue to live and what i mean whether it's it's twisting the knife a little bit to sort of make it a, a little uh, a, you know adorable nine-year-old girl it actually could be anyone any like survivor you know um of of something something like this um well and i think that's important right i think that once you even say it could be anyone that is that's the achievement yeah right because like it, it like that like that sense of it could be anyone um, and that we are all, you know, that, that, uh, that, that it's not that we can just distance ourselves here, but like in, in part in choosing to put it in the first person um, then gives a sense of, of the hopelessness, right. Of, of, of the kind of, um, you know, mutually assured precarity. Right. Um, and that, and that, yeah, like maybe today we're not the ones being drone bombed, um, but like, you know, let's just say like um that 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 we could be right uh and and uh and 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 that and and so once we're in a world of surveillance and drone bombing and kind of unconstrained um usage of power then then there's then then it then it could be us as well yeah um right and 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 just the just not to to belabor it but the point that i wanted to make is that it it is uh it is an interesting twist that the kind of the mercusian transcendence happens not in the move from the literal to the metaphorical but in the in the move from the metaphorical to the literal actually taking taking the 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 lyrics literally uh is what opens up the the political comment and the kind of the social project of uh of that um i think the 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 kind of the ironic space in this is the is the distance or the tension rather between those uh between those lyrics and between uh between those lyrics and between the form of an R and B love song, you know, an R and B ballad kind of uh kind of form. I guess we should talk about what we mean by irony, right? Like irony is that trope of of communication um where uh, more or less where you say something and mean something else or where there is there is an expected or purported reality set up and the actual the actual reality is at odds to it. And so people talk about situational irony, which is hard really to define because it verges on Morissettian irony so much. It's not like rain on your wedding day. It's the sort of, uh, you know, um, the, the, the man who works hard all his life um, 
to uh, uh, and not not as the plane crashed down, he thought, "Well, isn't this nice?" No, that is not ironic. The man who works hard all his life uh, endures great stress, um, foregoes all manner of pleasure and comfort to uh, save for retirement, so that so, and you know puts all his eggs in the basket of the future, and then dies of an ulcer. Or something like that, right. from all the stress he's put uh, he's put himself in. There's there's this sort of ironic ironic kind of distance, uh, dramatic irony where the character in a, a, a movie or something or book uh, it doesn't know something, but you know it uh, all along. The Greeks were kind of blatant, but we're sort of masters at this. But it happens, uh, right? It happens all the time. It happens in every horror movie when you know that the the monster is behind the door and you're kind of screaming at the, you're screaming at the pretty blonde girl not to go and get herself killed. Um, or to go and get herself killed, and if that's if that's what you're into, and then there's verbal irony where you say th- say something and 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 mean something else without getting uh, sarcasm is a uh, sarcasm is a particular and f- sort of facetiousness is a is a particular uh, type of that, but it could be like actually drone bomb me right saying or saying like uh, daddy, I'm grateful that you protect me from terrorism when in fact that's not what's meant. Uh, it, it's not precisely sarcastic, but it is ironic because it it uh it the the actual meaning is at odds with what the what the purported meaning is now you don't want to there's, yeah. well, there's something else i want to have talk about here because that's kind of related and it's something that i kind of see in discourse um in the the circles of comedians that i i hang out yeah, in, yeah sure uh which is 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 doing a bit Right. Um, and, and I think that that's a, a related to, th- to this as well. Um, of, uh, and it's a, a, I would, I like to think about what the Venn diagram relationship is, but something I've thought about a lot, um, is that there is a, you know, particular form of, of verbal irony, um, that is kind of, that is a, a, that, it, that is embedded in a character. Um, and it may be a character that's pretty close to yourself, but just a little bit off. Right. And so that this is a thing that, um, a lot of comedians do is that it's a slightly more totalizing form of verbal irony and that it's, it's very committed, right? It's committed verbal irony, right? And so that there's, uh, and so that there's lots of, of, and it can be, it, and the, the discourse around this among comedians is, is, um, very, is, is interesting because like, you know, this is part of, especially in an improv comedy or in stand up, right? That doing this kind of thing is part of the, the art form, but that there's this interesting kind of, you know, that many comedians cannot turn it off or will not turn it off and i and and i don't think that there's a problem with that but there is this kind of discourse around bit doing um of uh, of sometimes people are like oh oh well, can we just stop doing bits for one second and be real um and and i think that there's and and, and in terms of thinking about some of the uh, like that that there's a tendency to and on a first listen or a first read and i think even i initially um viewed some of these as kind of doing a bit right uh, of like drone bomb me is like yeah like, like like you say is kind of sarcastic um and then and there's a sense here though where um in this especially in drone bomb me as it's kind of narrativized um is that there is a kind of on the one hand a character being played um uh and so right and especially like digging into some of the lyrics right i have a glint in my eye i think i want to die i want to die i want to be the apple of your eye um and then later on there's um some really uh, uh some of the great lyrics right of the second verse of let me be the first i'm not so innocent let me be the one the one that you choose from above after all i'm partly to blame and I, I think that as we start to read this, like if it is a character, it's it's a kind of tragic character, right? This is not a comedic character. Sure. And and then also there's a sense of even and this gets back to what I was saying earlier, is that there is a sense of in committing to this character, it be, rather it becomes the the kind of universal humanity of that character becomes apparent. Right. And so that rather and and so that um like at a certain point, once you kind of and I, I think that this is what is, is possibly damaging weirdly about the anti-bit discourse is that I think the anti-bit discourse is one-dimensional thinking, right? That, because that there is a certain point of by really committing to the bit is where the, you know, the hopeless, where you engage with the hopeless. Sure. I mean, there's, there's, okay. So like in, in bit doing, I mean, in verbal irony, maybe verbal isn't, isn't exactly the right word. We could call it performative irony. And there's like a spectrum of performativity from speech 
reach through more robust and kind of total forms of performance like, you know, theater, right? Physical performance, standing right. up and doing doing comedy uh, and, and things like this. And, and in bit doing, too, right? Like, you have to consider the origin of the bit and what the bit is directed towards, right? Like, a, a bit is, uh, is, you know, what you affix to a drill to make a hole in the wall, right? Like, a bit is a tool for getting somewhere, you know? And you have to kind of think about, like, the drill and the wall a little bit, right? Because you have to think about what is powering the bit, what is uh, what is um, kind of causing it to, uh, giving it its energy, and and you have to think about, like, what are we trying to get through? Like, what are we trying to mm-hmm. bore through here uh, using the bit? And it, and it strikes me that there's sort of more and less organic um, uh, th- that that bits can emerge from a, a less or a more kind of organic place or a place that's like, uh, let's say, less or more integrated with a larger artistic project, right? That, yeah, that, absolutely. That more people are. And, and so when, when the bit is sort of self-aggrandizing or when, it's, when the, the impulse behind it is merely exhibitionistic, um, not, that, not that all performers don't need, don't need, I mean, like actually being a performer and using that is like, that's the positive way of using uh, like exhibitionistic part of your your personality that's what right. that's what it's for and that's how it can be sort of useful to society right like right. yeah you, putting it at the at the service of something like that but if it's merely exhibitionistic those are the ones that are that are sort of tiresome um but if it's uh if it's organic then it's it's less a bit and it's more a character it's more a sort of it's yeah. more a comprehensive reality that you're just committing to the you're just committing to the the parameters of i mean honestly like uh it it is a bit yes. right yeah. it is a bit but it's it's a uh it's a bit with a purpose right like it's it's a sharp bit you know it's a bit that's sort of that's boring that's boring into you know i don't know the obdurate wall of the hegemonic discourse or or something well, i think it's just interesting and and the other kind of way it, the other meaning of bit uh th- that could help be helpful here is that in terms of like you know, a units of information, right? And so that, um, you know, another way to, um, to, to think about this is that a bit may be kind of a small discrete piece um, that you do, but that, that when you kind of start to bundle the bits together, that's where you get your bites, right? And your, right? And, uh, and your, and your, uh, and, and so as you start to bundle these together, it's holding more, more data. And I think that, and, and I think that that is, and in this kind of comprehensive reality that is possibly somehow connected to your re- lived reality but but kind of um askew from it in some way again that is that's that's multidimensional right and and that 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 in you know this gets back to um kind of the ways in which that we we kind of you start to engage in things that pry open the hegemonic discourse and and i think that um you know what is interesting thinking about um marcusa in in the chapter of marcusa that we read it was kind of it was metaphor it was uh as opposed to literalism but i think what is interesting is that you know the, uh, the the hegemonic discourse hasn't changed; it's just gotten more fierce, right? right? Uh, well, that's so, yeah, I mean, actually, yeah. I think that that uh, Anony would probably take issue with certain parts of the Marcusa that we read, right? Because right. the the I actually, I mean, I could keep going on on drone bomb me and and irony and and the character and the kind of the sarcasm of the character, but let's let's jump over to watch me uh, yeah. a little bit, which I think is is uh, that, and then maybe uh, crisis. Uh, um, are are the songs that are on point for this particular for this particular yep. uh, uh, strain of inquiry that we're, that we're going down? Um, I I think that Anthony would um, take issue with the uh, the uh, the kind of the patriarchal drive to extract wealth from nature even if the aim is ultimately to distribute it to, yes. you know, to distribute yes. it equally and say that there is something, uh, there is something like anti-ecological and patriarchal in that drive, right? Like, because, uh, you know, um, Marcuse doesn't necessarily, right? Like, uh, uh, object to the rape of the ecosystem, though he, he actually does talk about the, the preservation of certain, of natural environments as a common resource for, for people 
people's enjoyment. But he he um, he doesn't object fundamentally to the sort of wealth extraction, right? Uh, and and the the kind of the mastery, the sort of mastery of nature. Uh, Right. It's, it's more about the distribution of the sort of the spoils of that where he, he begins to take issue with the, the dominant political paradigm. Right. And because well, they, yeah, because there is this, um, a sense of being kind of wedded to a kind of dialectical to, to Marxism, right? Which has this kind of forward march, right? And, and sort of, and so since we are at a given and, you know, Marcuse kind of takes, um, uh, takes issue with other kind of theorists and practitioners of Marxism. Marxism for you know doing the dialectic a disservice and for not recognizing um, the the ways that technology operates um, and and kind of um, and kind of causes a a pause in the dialectical march but isn't opposed isn't is not roll back the dialectic right yeah uh, and 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 it's, it's just kind of get it I mean and maybe or maybe it is it's hard to say at least in the chapters that we read I mean there um, there is this and, vision but yeah. in the in the chapters that we read in the in the sort of the introduction and the the first couple chapter, uh, chapters that deal with with the politics, right? There is this vision of a sort of post labor of a of a post labor society, right? That 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 whose machinery is its kind of ultimate expression of dominance over nature or uh, dominance over subsistence living, um, and where everyone can be free to kind of self actualize uh, in the in the the post labor society. And and I think I mean not that that Anony needs needs. Uh, me to put words in her mouth, but the the um, uh, my my sense, yeah, yeah daddy, <laughs> uh, watching prote- protecting me from misstatement, protecting me from mansplaining. The uh, the um, uh, my sense of the critique is that well, the conception of labor, right? The 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 um. Uh, the the basing of the political economy around an idea of labor is uh already um uh is already sexist right is already sort of uh sort of based around kind of extracting um extracting value in a in a patriarchal way that the the sort of and i'm not i'm not totally up on the eco feminist uh, eco feminist discourse but i do understand the critique of uh the critique of um or the 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 sort of expansion of feminist uh liberation thinking to cover other axes of exploitation including exploitation in the in the natural world that's about where yeah. my that's about where my understanding ends though so if anyone is more versed in it i would be uh, i would be very appreciative of being sort of educated in it you can go to the comments for the show notes and and uh help everybody out by by well, saying uh, it yeah i would love to hear like what like if the, if there is one um one eco Feminism jam. I mean, like reading jam. These are all kind of eco-feminism jam jams. But if there's a a, a article or book that is a good place to start, it's a good companion uh, piece. With this, definitely shout that out. But I think within this uh, this text, within hopelessness, um, I think the the song that kind of Id- identifies this really well is "Why Did You Separate Me from the Earth?" Oh, sure. And and it's there on the tin, right? Just the idea of being separated from the earth as being unnatural, right? So this idea of being you know, a human agent that works on the environment with labor uh, is right because the lyric is, um, you know, uh, in in the initial lyrics is, why did you separate me from the earth, my father, right? And so that that kind of idea of saying here are people and here is the environment is a is is patriarchal and dominating, right? And that that is. Um, uh, you know, of a piece with Watch Me um, is of a piece with uh, with violent men as well. And sure. there's, there's maybe a few others. Um, right. And so this is another level at which um, repetition is happening. Right. So in addition to the um, repetition within songs, there is repetition kind of across these songs. And, and so you, you start to hear yeah. these harmonies. Right. Of, of sort of, of intellectual uh, intellectual motifs. Also four degrees. Right. It's only four degrees. It's only four degrees. It's only four degrees. And it's about climate change. Right. Like a, a four degree climate 
climate change being kind of devastating on the environment. Um, but the lyric, and uh, again, like he- heavily ironic, is I want to see this world, I want to see it boil. I want to see this world, I want to see it boil. Uh, I, I want to I boil the world. And like in giving voice to that sort of regressive, uh, aggressive, um, destructive impulse, right? It's, it's ironic. Like this is not Anani's sort of uh, own position. But um, uh, in in sort of giving voice to that, there is a sense of uh, you know there is a sense of kind of the the danger or the kind of the the underlying drive, the kind of the underlying impulse to uh, 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 to destroy in a way that is that is sort of ultimately like from from a slightly slightly higher level perspective, right or a, slightly more transcendent or uh, consciousness raised perspective is uh, uh, very bad. Uh, for the society ultimately you know ultimately um uh, you know like michael kane said in uh in dark knight right like some men just want to watch the world burn but yeah right? but this is this is all men want to watch the world burn right yeah sh- uh, <laughs> like sure by, sort by of. nature right they're, they're they're like manning is is world burning <laughs> <laughs> that uh yeah sure so uh, so you can kind of see i could kind of see just to kind of close this point before we move on i could kind of see the echo feminist critique of mark Cusa as being um, as being sort of insufficiently critical of the the patriarchal aspects of the uh, the uh, communist the socialist project right yep. um, anyway uh, let's talk about watch me because it's uh, because I, I the the conflation of of the sort of uh, of the daddy that is the patriarchal societal father of the daddy that is like a biological father, uh, right? Well, a, a, a sexual daddy, right? Exactly the the Fleetwood Mac oh daddy, right? <laughs> like uh, you know, I, I was thinking of Arrested Development discipline daddy, right? right. Like <laughs> uh, right, exactly all of that. The sort of the this is also an aspect of that sort of that uh, eco feminist. Uh, that ecofeminist critique, and actually the catalog here, right? Like, uh, watch me in my hotel room. Watch my outline as I move from city to city. Watch me watching pornography. Watch me talking to my friends and family. Protecting me from evil. Protecting me from terrorism. Protecting me from child molesters. Protecting me from evil. Right? That there's there's this sense there's this sense in which like um, t- uh, taxonomy, right? Like taxonomization, categorization mm. is uh, is a patriarchal drive, and that. That, that sort of drive to kind of cleave and separate, um, to kind of break down into uh, uh, into categories and into sort of separate interests is actually like counter to the to the kind of progressive ecofeminist po- political project that is a lot more um, like even in four degrees there's sort of like uh, all the animals right like even even mm. their cause we take up like we're not do, why did you separate me from the earth and it's yep. not it's sort of not mystical I mean there are a lot of mystical traditions that are about the like the the ultimate oneness of all of all consciousness or all living things or you know uh it's articulated in in various ways <laughs> this is not avatar right <laughs> yeah uh this yeah it's not that um i i mean either the sort of the the cheap poppy uh uh incarnations of it or the kind of the ancient you know wisdom tradition incarnations of it um it's it's it seems somehow more more uh, practical than that, uh, right? It's sort of denuded from of a lot of the the kind of more woo woo kind of uh, uh, parts of it, um, and and is is a very sort of is a very kind of it's a very practical oneness, right? It's a very uh, pragmatic, uh, <laughs> you know, communion with all uh, uh, with with all things in nature. I mean, all all the pieces matter, right? Like, yeah, um... right, sure. <laughs> Right, it's very structural in that way. Um, it's very, you know. Again, here we are back at the wire once again, right? <laughs> um, uh, but I, I think that I mean the lyric in that song that makes me think of that is um, from uh, near the end. Is the because uh, I'm involved in evil, because I'm involved in terrorism, uh, because I'm involved in child molesters, because I'm involved in evil, and we're all involved in all of those. So I mean, that's it, that is interesting to me because I heard that as 
in case. I, I heard case mm-hmm. I'm involved in evil, case I'm involved in terrorism. Yeah. And yeah. I think your reading actually it could go I mean it could go either way it could go either it's, way. It, it works both, right? Yeah. yeah go and, ahead. And yeah. actually like the 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 case and the cause, right? Like actually, you know who uses those words almost interchangeably? Wittgenstein. You know? Uh-huh. Like the, <laughs> the world is everything that is the case is like one 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 or like one dot oh or whatever of the Tractatus uh, and um, and it also means sort of the the case is also the cause, right? Like the circumstances are also like what bring about further mm-hmm. sets of cir- uh, circumstances of uh, 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 further sets of circumstances, um, and and that like in case the the justification for for uh, uh, mass surveillance is in case I'm involved in in evil but the justification for mass surveillance is also because i'm involved in right. in evil because uh in case uh in case because of course i'm involved in evil yeah, yeah, yeah. of course well, right, i'm involved right, in because terrorism. like once you start supposing that in case then 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 it, it is it becomes tautological right that like it, it you become complicit weirdly right that there's a kind of like uh that that you can't not be involved in terrorism yeah, sure. <laughs> right? you know, uh, on the most you know on the most recent uh having done some travel recently on the most recent overthinking podcast we talked a a little bit about um, talked a little bit about the the security theater of of airports and and the, even in this like uh, you know frankly luxurious uh, highly privileged first world environment there there are aspects to it that are kind of absurd and kind of in de- and, and dehumanizing in in how far they ask you to commit to the absurdity and that's you know I, I'm sometimes afraid that that bits like that come off as like well check your privilege but it's it's the 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 uh, objection I was trying to make is the kind of the compulsory acquiescence to absurdity, right? You know how to get yourself kicked off a plane? Go up to a TSA agent and ask them, is this a bit? <laughs> can, can we stop with the bit? Like the bit where you take my, like where you take my jar of Carmex out and like swab it for explosives. Like, is this a bit? Like, cause this, this could, this is verging on like not even a good bit. This is verging on an SNL bit here. And, <laughs> you know, and we could, we could r- really stand to all get to the gate on time, you know, get some, get some bad Chinese food and be on our way. Uh, but the, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of compulsory acquiescence, right? I think gets at um, uh, gets at the 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 Orwellian, and that's not an adjective I like to use a lot because I, th- I there isn't. It's kind of a conversation stopper, but it is like the the kind of the the Orwellian uh, aspects of of you know uh, ubiquitous. Uh, surveillance, right? Like, watch me in my hotel room. Watch my iris as I move from city to city, which is about like um, identifying you, right? And kind of looking, uh, looking in your eye, and the kind of the uh, the all-seeing eye of the drone in in drone bomb me. When you say, "I want to be the apple of your eye," I want to be the thing in the in the center of the targeting camera on on the drone, and then watch my iris. You're you're sort of eyeball to eyeball with the surveillance machine uh, in um, in in watch me and and uh, yeah, and, and that these things are that these things are the the value of these things is is sort of. Uh, extracted, right, and is sort of is sort of privatized, right? It's, it, it, I, you know, it would be one thing. I, I always wondered, and I'll, I'll shut up in in just a second. But I've, I, I always wondered why the sort of the some of the aspects of the demise of privacy that come with digital technology, like some of them voluntary, like uh, we all post a bunch of photos online now, uh, and some of them involuntary, that like our behavior is tracked in 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 a way that gives people data about uh, how we behave. Cave, right um like that these things are uh um that that these things ought to once we realize that we're all you know that we're all involved in evil we're all involved in terrorism right like uh that that this should lead to a great flowering of sort of empathy and fellow feeling among all humankind once we realize that we're all uh you know, once we realize that we're all all pretty similar and all sort of have our fo- uh, have our foibles, have our kind of aspects of evil to our character, um, that uh, 
but it hasn't gone that way, has it? Right. And I think that has to do with the um, the private information uh, made made public, but then the the value of that sort of extracted and privatized, right? Mm-hmm. And it's private information made private, but on on a different domain than it was originally it was kind of originally yeah. expressed on. Because the the first was sort of consensually private and the the, the latter is non consensually private. Uh and uh, right, which is where the kind of the the uh the disconnect happens to me. Yeah, no, I think that that's right. I mean, there's kind of this, it gets kind of bundled up in tranches, right? And, and, uh, right. So that, that your private information <laughs> is made public, uh, and then it's remade private again, right? Um, and, and that you, uh, and, 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 and then, and goes back, right? So you don't, it's not that it's just out there in the public sphere, like, uh, and, and like just owned by the state. Um, like, you know, if that were the case, Dianu, <laughs> um, in that, in that, that would be enough. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be plenty. <laughs> That'd be plenty. But then it gets reparcelized back out um, to companies that don't even purport to have your best interests at, at heart. Um, and I think that there's something interesting here is that, and this is gets at something that that, uh, that we talk that you you especially have talked a lot about on across all of the properties uh, is that you know I think that part of why we don't have that great. Um, that the, the great flowering of empathy and, and, and fellow feeling is that there is a refusal to acknowledge that we are all have those foibles, right? That in fact, that there is a, a sense of like a, that part of the compulsory acquiescence to absurdity is a refusal to kind of call the bit, uh, and, and, and a misdirection of where the bit is, right? So that it's a, rather than kind of, um, you know, because, and I, I think about this in a kind of improv, like some of the language of, of improv and of comedy is useful here, is that the person in a comedic scene or in a, in a, in a, in a whether it's an improvised scene or a sketch, who kind of calls out the, uh, absurdity is, is the straight man, right? Who kind of says, whoa, this is weird, right? And that that's the thing that then makes it comedic because it, it kind of highlights like that is the unusual behavior um but that once you're acquiescing um to absurdity once you're not reacting to it um or you're reacting to the wrong kind of absurdity um then you're in crazy town right <laughs> and we are and 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 so that uh this because once you that once there's something that everyone recognizes is crazy but no one's willing to call it out uh and really to, to put a uh, able to put a figure on it then um then it becomes Becomes very misdirected, right? And then that's what happens: is that what gets called out um, are are other kinds of of hip- hypocrisy um, or uh, inability to be kind of um, a a you know the, the other yeah just other forms of non kind of uh, non compliance, which ultimately uh, again it goes against that empathy and flower of uh, flowering of empathy and fellow feeling, which is kind of necessary. Um, for that kind of transcendence, well, right? right. Um, yeah, this is how collective I, action is necessary for collective action. Sure. Right? I mean, this is how woke becomes. This is how woke becomes a. Uh, a pejorative term, right? Like if if the the uh, if the experience of protest or if the if the phenomenon of protest, right. Um, is aggressive, right. Is simply replacing one one order right one sort of hegemonic order with another hegemonic order yeah. that's not that right that's not really progress that's not really uh uh that's that's just like meet the new boss same as the old boss right, right. that uh that um and and right the the kind of the wokeness the 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 pejorative part of the wokeness is like once you get woke and you start then you start kind of laying into everybody for being sufficiently woke you haven't right you haven't actually learned you haven't actually sort of learned the lesson right like your your humanity your your perspective may have been expanded but your humanity has not really been expanded and like i think well, that's separate that's a separating impulse yeah, right right that so and so that at that level right and and this is where the kind of that kind of liberation from these traps is very difficult right because it's like even though right that you um notice like the problems of certain kinds of separation then the question is how do you 
unseparate completely. How and do you re, re? It's interesting. I say unseparate rather than rejoin. Sure, it's a, it is a. I mean, it is a peculiar comp, uh, uh, sort of contradiction in the project of enlightenment liberalism, or in the in in exactly. like in pluralistic democracy, right? That can withstand every point of view except the point of view that would uh, deny it the basis for being pluralistic or democratic, right? That like, and this is, you know, this is a lot of people have talked about, and we've actually talked about like pop, pop music and the, the critique of, of enlightenment liberalism before. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, QV Supra. Um, but the, but uh, a, a song that I, I want to, like, as we wrap up, that I want to uh, propose posits a, a, a different way out, right? Is a crisis, um, right. which is the which is the slow jam, right? Um, the uh, and it's um, it's very you know it's very simple, right? Crisis. If I killed your father, uh, well, okay, hold on. Crisis. Now, whether that's addressing, whether that's like vocative, right? Addressing crisis or just kind of saying crisis as a word to evoke the idea of crisis. Crisis. If I killed your father with a drone bomb, how would you feel? Now, there's a couple of things about that. Like, that's, that's absurd on its face, right? Because the idea of, like, the language of how would you feel of pop music and R&B, right? Like, how does it feel to be on your own, a complete unknown, a Rolling Stone? How does it feel, right? How would you feel uh, if, you know, if I said I love you? How would you feel, right? This this sort of romantic language of feelings or this sort of this sort of emotional language of feelings is absurd here because when once you're killing I, once I'm killing your father with a drone bomb right we're we're beyond the realm of uh, we're beyond the realm of the R&B slow jam and we're beyond the realm of kind of emotions in that context, right? Like, so, so how would you feel is, is ironic because it's understatement because the, the proper question is, uh, uh, <laughs> what, you know, what would be the dimensions of the pit of existential despair you found yourself suddenly and unexpectedly thrust into, yeah. you know, like what, <laughs> like how could you continue to live? If you could continue to live um, uh, under those circumstances. All right. So the song continues along these lines for a little bit. And then uh, the last of these four verses that's like this, uh, the four strophes, maybe I, they're not quite verses, right? Crisis. If I tortured your brother in Guantanamo, not a word you're used to hearing in a pop song, is it? If I tortured your brother in Guantanamo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and that, that, so there's in something interesting in the, like, there's something interesting in the, uh, I'm sorry, right? Because it's, uh, uh, the, I think I'm sorry is in opposition to the kind of not in my name movement of kind of disavowing the um, disavowing the actions yeah. of the government in war. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that that the hopelessness. Right. It's the, the don't don't blame me. I voted for Gore. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because <laughs> it's like well, it's, it's blame me. I voted for Obama. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, or, or, or blame me. I voted. Right. Or blame me. I'm alive. Right. Like that. That like blame, blame me. I'm a citizen. You know, um, and that like this this kind of like whether whether I chose it or not, I am complicit in in the system that causes such destruction, such dehumanizing uh, humiliation, such devastation the world over, and that like that there's no I, I think the hopelessness uh, to a certain extent the hopelessness um, the 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 title uh, of the album the hopelessness comes from a recognition that there's no way out, right? There's no act of pro protest that's actually effective at, you know, not at bringing about political change, because maybe it will, but at remediating some of the awful wrongs that have been done in the name of perpetuating uh, this sort of patriarchal, dehumanizing system. Uh, I, I'm not sure I really want to end the podcast no, no, on that I, note. No, but... no, no. I think that the, the flip side of that is that the, the form of protest is apology, 
Right. I, um, and, and that, and, and because I, I think about in, in looking at I'm sorry's, right. That, uh, I think about a lot of these, cause like we're in the world of sorry, not sorry. Right. Sure. Um, we're, we're in the world so of, it, is it too, is it too late now to say sorry? Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. This is a uh, non, this is a non Biberian sorry. Exactly. And this is certainly a, uh, a non Franz sorry, right? If I were sorry, right? Um, if I was sorry, uh, from, from Eurovision, right? And, and so it is interesting to think about all of the sorrinesses. Um, and so this is, this is not, right? Cause like Bieber is an epitome of a sorry, not sorry, right? Um, cause, uh, and, and that, that kind of, uh, we talked a lot about our adult onset Bieber fever of sorry kind of, um, uh, uh, uh paired with, um, love yourself. Self, right and which kind of it, uh, indicates the not sorry and um the and sweden's eurovision song has a similar kind of thing and so this is go that that the protest is going from sorry not sorry to sorry so sorry right and 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 that's all there is it's just i am sorry right and 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 that there is again kind of going circling once more back to marcuse of sorrow is as a form of negative thinking right sorrow uh, as uh, 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 and it's w- this weird kind of thing, and and it's hard. Is that 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 through that kind of whether whether it's it's sorrow, whether it's hopelessness. I, I again, I think it's one dimensional. It's reductionist to say that that's where the hope is. But you just have to kind of it, there's a there's a sorrowful trust fall, right? Be sorry. Like first, be sorry. <laughs> be the sorrow. Be the sorrow you want to see in the world. Yes, because like because it, it's already there. But like like but but like that the thing is is that there's kind of false sorrow. So like let's get like let's get like this is like real sorrow, right? Uh, and and that that like that the first thing is kind of you know sliced down to that that real that real sorrow. Uh, all right. Well, I think that we need to. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to say that we have to leave our conversation there. Sorry, I've, so sorry. <laughs> that I feel like you want uh, it. it listening to this album and I hope like listening to us makes you want to engage with some of these ideas and and I am looking forward to the conversation that we can have uh, on this probably the primary place uh, to do that is on the comments for the show notes if you head over to overthinkingit.com um uh, you can uh, find this episode there on the homepage, uh, near the top of the page there, and uh, click on the show notes link. That will take you to not only uh, a, a list of resources that we've prepared uh, to um, help uh, think about this, our articles from various outlets and, and uh, the lyrics uh, to this record, but also a comment section where we can all have a uh, where we can all have a conversation about this record. We're also on Twitter at TFT Podcast on Facebook Theory for Turntables there, and uh, if you follow us there. Uh, there are more kind of related articles, suggested reading type things uh, that you can get that are posted by Ryan and me and especially by our social media manager, uh, Amanda. Um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with more TFT podcast. Until then, uh, please, uh, for the sake of the entire progressive uh, project, for the sake of the project of dismantling patriarchy for all of our sakes, keep it real.